The countdown has begun. We're two hours away from the 2021 NFL Draft, and Raiders fans, we've got you covered for the next 120 minutes with our Las Vegas Raiders pre-draft special hosted by JT The Brick and Lincoln Kennedy, live from Raiders headquarters. JT, back with you, along with the great Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy. We are at the facility in Henderson, brought to you by Modelo, brewed with the highest quality ingredients for a taste that's pure gold. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. An hour to go before the NFL draft nationally gets picked up. We'll have in-depth team Raider coverage after the draft from 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific here on Raider Nation Radio. We'll be back with the crew, and we'll look over that first pick and what the Raiders did in the first round and give you an overlook on the entire first round. So that happens later on tonight. Keep it to Raiders.com, where we'll be going with a video stream coming up here at the bottom of the hour, and we're ready to roll. So let's begin with the breaking news headline today. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to return to the Packers. He has made that clear. That is a blockbuster breaking news story. First reported by Adam Schefter of ESPN, Jay Glazer backed it up, says he does not want to be there. What effect does that have on the draft tonight on top of the 49ers who made calls? The 49ers have made calls, and obviously a lot of calls are coming in. The Niners pick at number three, the Raiders at 17. So Lincoln Kennedy, I'll start with you this hour. The last six weeks, seven weeks, has all been about the quarterbacks. And I looked at it differently. I glasses half full on this. I said this is the best news for the Raiders because the Raiders don't pick 17. They pick seven. Mm -hmm. The draft starts at 10 Mm -hmm. or 11 Mm -hmm. with Micah Parsons Mm -hmm. maybe to the Giants. So with all these quarterbacks who I believe mostly are going early Mm -hmm. other than Trevor Lawrence, Mm -hmm. every quarterback that's taken is a benefit for Mike Mayock and John Gruden Mm -hmm. if they're not in that quarterback market because it's going to leave quality players on the board. Agree. Do you agree with that assessment, and where do you think these quarterbacks shuffle out in the first 10 picks? Absolutely. I I agree with it wholeheartedly because, as I said before, I think that, especially when you talk about offensive line, you've got some offensive linemen that projected top 10, top 15 picks that are going to slide because of this quarterback frenzy. And everyone knows if you have a quarterback in the game, you got a chance. So you've got those teams that are going to be looking for it. And you've got a number of teams out there. You, you see the big three that are at the top of the board. The Jaguars, in my opinion, are a quarterback away from really making an impact in that division. Mm-hmm. They had some good players surrounding. They just need a quarterback. They're going to address it. The Jets have been a little bit of a more of a project, a little bit of a dumpster fire, if you will, not getting things right. They've got to improve that position. 49ers, it comes down critically to me in the quarterback market with the 49ers do. But the 49ers are able to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Then all of a sudden Green Bay jumps up in there and, and takes over the third pick or what have you. And all all then you have a frenzy from Chicago, Denver. You know, Carolina doesn't have to have a quarterback. They got Sam Darnold. They could trade out of that position to get somebody like a, a New England a chance to get their guy, depending on what the 49ers do. Because now Mac Jones, Fields, and all those guys become a commodity. Yeah that you want to jump up and get. You want to get your guy. So I agree with it. The quarterback frenzy is great for the Raiders, but that's also why that 17th pick is so critical because you got to get it right. A few years ago when they traded out, of when they didn't get the player they wanted and they drafted Colton Miller, trading with the Arizona Cardinals back, fall back, so the Cardinals could get Rosen and they got Colton Miller. Proved to be a good investment, right? You got your left tackle of the future, yeah. right? That's so. That's good. You're working with good trade commodity. Now you've got to get it right, though. Need, need, need. Absolutely. That, that's what it comes down to in this situation. You know those those quarterbacks, the, the Zach Wilsons and and the such, Trevor Lawrence's. They're going to be gone. So you get down to three, and like we're talking about here, who is that? 
number three pick going to be? Is it going to be uh, the 49ers picking a quarterback? And which quarterback do they pick? I think the coach loves Mac, And I think maybe guys upstairs. And, again, you have to do your evaluation. And I mm-hmm. think every team uh, in a situation where you're thinking about picking a quarterback – you have to pick, say, why does this quarterback fit our system? Okay, we think he does fit in this category. And then you do your work on the other quarterbacks. And I think what happened was, hey, we like Mac. He fits this mold where he gets the ball out quickly. He can, he can read this, and I think he'll be perfect in this situation. Uh, we've seen him with the pro coach at Alabama. Uh, and then you do your evaluation more, and now you're like, man, this Trey guy, man, he can, he can toss it. And he has that extra athleticism to be able to get out of issues. And so now I think there's some questions about just if we go with Trey, what do we lose if we go with Trey? Maybe we lose the the plug and play. And so that comes back to, and now you throw Aaron Rodgers in the mix. So now the, the 49ers right now must be going crazy in their war room. I want to follow up with both you guys on Aaron Rodgers before we get to the Raiders. If he has this much leverage, and Lincoln, you believe he has leverage. Players now have more leverage than when you both played in the league. Much more. I call it the NBA effect. Then I would assume that Aaron Rodgers wants to play for a specific team. Right. And the Raiders could be one of those teams, or it could be a team out west, the 49ers, where he grew up a Niner fan. And the Chargers would have been a good fit at SoFi, but they got their franchise quarterback. There's only a couple of choices here. Let's get this to, to right. the point here. Aaron Rodgers isn't saying, I want out of, of Green Bay, the NFC title game he played and lost to Tom Brady because I want to go help New Orleans. Or right. I want to go help. He has specific spots that he might want to land at. How important is that discussion coming in to what's going to happen at the top of the hour? Well, look, here's, here's, it's very important, but I also think if you have a disgruntled player that wants out, you can't trust that he's going to give you what you need on game day. You see what I'm saying? You've got to make a move one way or the other. If a guy comes up to me, especially a quarterback, and says, you know what, I don't want to play here anymore, you can't start him. You have to find a way to make a move. If you can't appease him to satisfy him, I don't know what Seattle did to calm the Russell Wilson discussions now. I don't know what Green Bay can do when the quarterback says, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to move on. You've got to do something. And just like Vinny said, you might not have to do something now because it might be a big, too big of a cap hit. But you've got to somewhat, you've got to find a way to pacify the situation because your NFL MVP, who does have trade value, if he wants to go to a specific team, you got to figure out who's going to be. This is drama. The timing, this the is, timing right. of this the is, drama is, behind is this humongous, is guys. Oh, <laughs> so not true. to go. So true. Not to go two weeks, three weeks, four weeks ago and say, you know, we need to figure out how we can work this out. I've been here, you know, fifteen, going on sixteen years, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> I'm going to wait till draft day to drop this on you guys. Absolutely. This I mean is... that that says a lot in itself in the timing that yes, I want to get out of here and I'm forcing my hand. I have the leverage. It's draft day and here's what I want to do. The biggest night of the draft and I give Roger Goodell all the credit in the world for this when they moved it to prime time on Thursday. It was brilliant. They said, we're going one round, and we're going to make it made for television. It's American Idol and The Voice combined. We want to get every eyeball on it. And then, as you said beautifully, the timing of Aaron Rodgers, Tim Tebow working out for Jacksonville. Uh, Other rumors that are out there are fascinating to me. Before the top of the hour, we were getting into it, Eric, and I want to jump on this for the fans who want to know what the Raiders could do at safety. 
in the first round if they don't go right tackle and clearly Micah Parsons isn't available, the alpha linebacker here, because at 17, could they trade back and get Mooring, or would they just want to take the best safety off the board, live with it, and get the player they want? Well, in my view, again, I think it's about making the best player, who's whoever that best player is at that defensive position, if he's at a linebacker, if he's at defensive back, safety in particular, because the safety we're talking about, uh, Trevon Mooring, he really compensates the safety you already have once you turn on the tape. He's the kind of guy who's going to be plug and play. I don't think he's going to be there if you don't get him at 17. There are some other safeties in the draft, obviously. Richie Grant, we just talked about, mm-hmm. US, uh, US, uh, USF, uh, the Oregon, uh, Javon is at Oregon. He's actually more of a slot type of player. I just I, I look at him, and I don't see safety. I see slot cover guy. I, I would project him more as a corner than a safety. He does have a tremendous amount of film playing man-to-man in the middle of the football field. You and I were talking about this. After Morig at a TCU, it's Javon Holland, Jamar Johnson out of Indiana. There's yep. a big drop-off. There in is. Texas safety, uh, Stearns, Caden Stearns. So what I'm a- sensing from you, if you want the safety, as Lincoln said, you can get a right tackle in the second or third round. Yes, you agreed. cannot get a playmaking safety if you don't get him early. He's the most complete playmaker of the safety class, of the safety group. And again, a lot of these guys do a lot of different things. If I'm the Raiders, I don't want another safety that does the same things that Jonathan does. I don't want a safety that has a tremendous amount of impact in the middle of the football field. That's where I want to put Jonathan. I want to put him in the middle of the football field so he can be that roaming, just kind of, and we talked about it like that wild card guy who's going to come off the edge and blitz and give you all of that intensity, and then I'm going to have a guy like Trayvon in the middle of the football field, in the post. He's comfortable in the post. He has great range. He's 6'2". He's 200 pounds. There's no question about his size. And, again, a lot of the other safeties are 5'11", 195 pounds, and and that's great. But if I'm going to pick someone at 17, a safety, I want to put him in a uniform, and you're not going to be able to know if this guy is a – eight-year vet or a rookie because he looks the part, he's played the part, and he's the most complete playmaker at the post-safety position. And, Lincoln, uh, Eric goes back to the new system here. You called every game with Brent Musburger. Why did the system fail, the safeties that the Raiders had under Paul Gunther, where Bradley's in here to clean it all up and get these players to play at a high level? Because if we brought back another safety in the first round right. and the system wasn't right, it's right. the same problem. Well, there, there was, well, first of all, there was an inconsistency on the defensive level on every single level. Inconsistency at defensive line, linebackers, as well as secondary. Secondly, there was too much confusion out there. Guys didn't know how to get lined up. If you weren't a press corner, you were, and, and, and they were trying to roll what cover six, e, yep. EA would try to six four. But yeah, yeah, but these guys they didn't totally understand the concept behind those defenses, you know, and and, and that's the, that's where I say the lack of development, not getting in front of them, not having any consistency because of COVID. You had players out with injury and COVID. You had coaches out with COVID. You know, all these restrictions. These are types of defenses, and Gus Bradley's defense is no different. You got to get everybody on the same page. Yep. But it's yeah. just like you talked about, knowing exactly what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. That's why it's so critical to get that defensive coordinator so soon and to get him in the building. And then as a defensive back, when you get injured, you fall back on things that were successful to you. Yeah. 
And so you go back to college when these guys were in college and they went back to that style of play that made them successful because you're hurt. You're not able to practice and try new things out and practice and put that stuff on film. A lot of times when you're hurt, JT and, and Link, as you know, you're not practicing. You know, you're looking at film and you're going through workouts, but you're not practicing. You're not taking those reps in practice. And if you're a young player who didn't get the opportunity to have a Mickey, uh, a rookie mini camp or uh, those types of things, you're not able to participate in that vibe and take those extra reps in practice. And now you're put on the football field and say, hey, perform. You're a first rounder. Real quick, I, you, we saw a, a Trayvon Mullen take a step forward. Yeah. Last year. Absolutely. In his yeah. development and his coverage skills, right? That's what he was brought in to do, to be a press corner, to be that guy that shuts down a premier receiver. Thought the same thing about Damon Arnett. Thought that he was supposed to be that other press corner because he came out of a, a system out of Ohio State where he was playing press corner. Now you're asking him to play six, mm-hmm. four, yeah. and two? With no practice. With no practice? Yeah. And you have people out of, out of, out of uh, basically out of position. Isaiah Robinson was asked to play safety a couple times. Yep. To try, could not find the safety. So that's why the blaring need to me becomes free safety. Mm-hmm. Then right tackle. That's one and two. I yep. think the biggest glaring move, and you guys played in the league, is linebacker. Yes. How long have I, I did my 23rd draft with the Raiders, and I sit around and I go, oh, my God, look at the linebackers over the last 20 years that the Raiders could have had, not in the first round, in the second round, right. that they just can't hit on. So, Eric, am I to believe, as you talk to Gus Bradley exclusively, that the system now for Littleton, Kwiatkowski, and Morrow is going to be so much better because if Parsons gets drafted at 17, he's the best defensive player on this team other than Yannick Ngakwe. Yes. All due respect to Cleveland Farrell. They yeah. can bring in an alpha rookie <laughs> who's never played it down, yeah. and they can shut down that conversation for the next five years. You're right. That's why I think it's important to go get him. Yeah, and I talked to Gus specifically about the linebacker room, and he said he's – pleasantly surprised by the athleticism, the versatility in the linebacker room. And what I come to uh, after the conversation, I was like, you know what? I think he understands, particularly with Corey Littleton, that he needs to play a particular style. He needs to understand and practice. And Corey has mentioned this several times in interviews, uh, that he needs to play a particular style. And I believe that Gus's style of, uh, of play for the linebackers is going to fall in line with what makes him feel comfortable. And, and again, I could just take what I'm hearing from the team's coordinator. And I talked yeah. about him by the linebacker room, and he said that's not going to be an issue. I think, to your point, Corey Littleton got a little better as the year went on. His production improved. Kwiatkowski was consistent throughout the year despite the injuries. I, I hate to break your bubble. Michael Parsons is not going to be available at 17. You don't think so? No. no I don't think Denver so Broncos are going to get Michael Parsons. <laughs> the Denver Broncos, because they made that trade for Bridgewater, they don't, they've got a quarterback competition right now. Yeah. So if their guy is not there for their, the quarterback, their franchise quarterback, they, they're going to take Micah Parsons. They need a line. They need linebacker help. Yeah. And they're going to take Micah Parsons. He's not going to fall out of the top ten. I do know that. So if you don't have that linebacker that you're in love with, this is not a blaring need. There right. are other needs that you need. Yes, you I see agree. what I'm saying. So you know the the, the best hope scenario, and, and I don't know much about the the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Maybe yeah, you know Jeremiah Wosukoromoa. That's yeah. a hell of a player. Yeah, that guy comes in and he is a beast, and he is worthy of that pick. Also, I believe really? that he's going to go from. Probably There's, 15 to 20. He might go in there as so the that next might be big an option. Guy. There have yeah. been some projections right. of him coming here. 
Yep. But again, I'm not sure if he's the type of player when you have this linebacker group right. that's here in the building already that he's so superior being able to step on the field right now yeah. and play. I mean, well, I'm happy like you brought Mike. that up because that's Eric Allen, Lincoln Kennedy, JT, our draft coverage here brought to you by Modelo. You have to have a guy that comes in at 17. If he's a defensive player, he has to be a can't miss. <laughs> yeah. And we said that about the right tackle too. Any other potential surprises? So we, we talked about the first round. Right. So we're looking at number one at uh, 17, excuse me. Then we go into the 48th before 79 and 80. Lincoln – John Gruden loves receivers. Certainly. All right, he loves receivers. I want to spend a moment talking about the receivers now. Ruggs has got to be great. He was not drafted to be good. Renfro cannot be good. He has to be great. Edwards has to be better. He has to be more available, right. which was a big problem here last year. They bring in Brown. They have a lot of depth there, and I said this last year to you multiple times. I don't look at Waller as a tight end. Right. I look at him as a 100-reception receiver. Right. He's going to get the ball most Certainly. of the time. Yep. How do you get the ball under the system now out to Rugsmore and Renfro? How do you do it? Well, the thing is, I think it, the chemistry that I've seen between Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro is similar to what he's got with Waller. He's a look to he go he's a go to guy for Derek. Okay, so he can trust it. You understand that most receivers when they come into the league, their rookie years, they're not. It, it's it's a learning curve. It's an adjustment. Henry Ruggs is going to be there. He's got speed, but he also has to learn how to stay open or get open, you know, and, and be accessible. Same thing with, with Edwards. I don't think you draft a receiver in this position because it sends a wrong message to your Absolutely. receiver room. Right. Especially going after John Brown. John you, Brown. Drive, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Because EA brought up a great point on the show the other day where he was talking about Nelson Aguilar really had a tremendous year because of Ruggs. Because of Waller, because of Renfro. Yeah. He was a forgotten guy out there and had a big year. Big year. And they made a conscious effort many times to when Edwards was in the game to try to get him the football. Mm -hmm. So they're going to continue to do that. I think the receiver room is set. Yeah, I do too. I, I think when you talk, start uh, talking about um, John Brown and his ability to route run, his, his ability uh, to stretch the field, you know, he's been, uh, you know, in Buffalo and made some tremendous strides and catches. So I think the receiver room is set. It just needs to have more pop, and I think that's what they're looking for. But, again, it's about availability. These guys need to be healthy. They need to practice. They need to understand what it's like to be spatially um, in the National Football League. You're not going to – Ruggs is a tremendous speed player, and that's one thing that you really have to continue uh, to develop in your game is they're not going to allow me to run by 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 the defensive back. You have to figure a way to be spatially aware. Real quick, EA, before you jump on TV for a hit, tell me why at this point in time when you look at Carl Joseph, why was he brought back? What did you see on film in Cleveland? What did Mayock and Gruden say that his value fits bringing him here even if he doesn't start? Depth and competition. That's why he's here. And he's here for the depth and competition, someone we can put at strong safety or free safety. Outstanding. We'll come back on the other side and we'll go into the offensive line. What is in front of the Raiders, including Bill Belichick? Is Belichick making a move? Not for Aaron Rodgers, but for potentially Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Belichick at 15. A lot of analysts think he's moving out and he's moving up. Where could the trades be in the draft? We'll get to that next on Raider Nation Radio.
The Raiders pre-draft special continues with JT the Brick and Lincoln Kennedy, live from Raiders headquarters. You know, I think we can improve in every area. I, th- I know that sounds corny, but we have to improve in every area. Obviously, our short yardage offense, third and one, uh, very disappointing. We're, we're number one in the league on third and ten. I think we're number 32 on third and one. Uh, unbelievable. That's Sean Gruden, JT, back with you, along with Lincoln Kennedy, Eric Allen, brought to you by Modelo, brewed with the highest quality ingredients for a taste that's pure gold, Modelo. Brewed for those with a fighting spirit. As we reset and welcome you back, we'll be streaming on all devices coming up here momentarily at Raiders.com and all platforms with the Raiders on Facebook, YouTube. So if you want to check out what we're doing inside this brand new broadcast center, and we've been here a while from the time you came to the Raiders, Lincoln, and then you climbed into the media uh, chair and did an amazing job and now working with Brett Musburger. I think this is an historic night for us to be in this building after everything that went down with COVID, right. all the protocols, to have an opportunity to be here together tonight. Beautiful facility, and I'm glad that we can you know, maintain as part of the Raider family doing what we do best breaking this team down, analyzing, and, 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 of course, this upcoming draft. It's a very exciting time uh, for the Raiders, and I'm ecstatic to be here. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful studio, uh, and the, the ability for the Raiders to have their own production is, again, the unprecedented because we, you know, coming from uh, Oakland, we didn't, it wasn't, it didn't have a lot of space, didn't have a lot of things that we see, the bells and whistles, and it's, it looks great. I'm fascinated by this draft because the Raiders, I believe, were better than their record. They right. weren't an 8-8 eight eight team. I thought they were a 10-win team. The Miami loss, first and goal at the four for Mariota. Yeah. Those are games that slipped away. And the silver and black were 2-6 and six at home. It's right. got to be better this year. So they don't have a top 10 pick, but they're inside the top 20. So I want to jump in on the significance of what 17 means to you because a lot of great picks in the past have come out of 17 if you nail it. But this is not a developmental pick. This has got to be a starter. No, no you've got too many needs, so it's got to be a plug-and-play guy. And, and, and so, you know, when, when we break down and we were talking off the air, when you look at this draft and you look at what, what, who can possibly fall because of the quarterback frenzy, you know, one of my assessments, is it's critical to see what San Francisco does at number three. And then more importantly, what New England does. Where do they jump? I think Denver, because they made the trade for Bridgewater, doesn't need to go for a quarterback. If that's the case, there's probably going to be two good quarterbacks that people were projecting and available in the first round. And you still got teams like Chicago, New England, out there who need a quarterback or need to address the quarterback situation. While that being said, you have guys that are going to fall back. You know, and, and great guys. I mean, you've got a good, a deep receiver class. You've got not as deep a linebacker class. Um, you, you, and, and you talked about the safeties along with Eric Allen earlier in the show. You know, you got to kind of get those guys. So you got to get it right. You don't have to have a lot of movement, but when you're there, you got to get it right. And it's got to be an instant starter. I agree. It's got to be an instant starter, and it's got to be someone who can come in and really set the tone for this organization. And one big part about this going forward, Gruden takes a lot of hits from time to time from the national media. The good news for Coach Gruden is the picks from last year and the year before are still on the roster. Right. Okay, other than Lynn Bowden, if you look at who's here, these are players now that Raider fans want to see more out of Cleveland Farrell while he's here. They want to see more out of Jonathan Abram while he's healthy. They want to see Damon Arnett play at a higher level. Now he's got Gus Bradley. I think that's really important because remember last year, Lincoln, when we were doing this, 
we kept saying that the Raiders had an extra first-round pick because Jonathan Abram didn't play. Right. And he was coming in and you got him. That's not the case anymore. No. They got the 17th pick, and these other players who are still on the roster, they must pop. And I believe that Gus Bradley is going to be the guy that gets them to pop. Well, I hope so, because I think that's what you're talking about. The team was better than its record, but the defense let them down so many times that the defense has got to get stand up. Now, as my partner Vinny Bontier would say on Raider, Raider Nation Radio, you don't have to be the 85 Bears where you're shutting down or you're the best defense in the land. I think you have to be sort of a middle-of-the-road defense, but you got to be progressively better. And like Gruden said in the, in the excerpt when he came back to the show, you got to be better in third down and short. You gotta be. You gotta be able to get those first downs. You gotta be able when you have first and goal at the four. You gotta be able to punch it in. You can't have a level of predictability where your quarterback doesn't know where to go with the ball or something like that, and and and, and you get no yards or the defense takes it away. So I think that you know when we talk about the positioning and the availability for tonight's draft, that's why I said earlier in the show I think the first three picks are critical because I need impact players out of those first three, whether it's on defense, offensive line, whatever. They have to. I can't afford to sit them down and uh, and watch football. They got to be in there, plug and play guys. Lincoln, what I think is going to be amazing is I'm not in the prediction business, but from what we're sensing from Adam Schefter and Jay Glazer and all the reports that are out there, there's absolute chaos going on right now. There should be from what's going to happen with potential trades. And as you know, you played in the league in the Belichick era. Belichick wasn't in a situation where he trades up. That's not part of his M.O., but right now everybody's saying that this is the one chance. They have a brand-new football team. The two big takeaways for me in the offseason is Tampa Bay brought everyone back the first time in NFL history. Every player, every coach, never been done before, and Belichick looked at his team and brought in a brand-new team except for quarterback. He realizes he can't win with Cam Newton Belichick picks at 15 ahead of the Raiders. If he trades up, another team's going to drop in there at 15 before the Raiders, and that could have a lot to do with what pick they're doing. I I think you – and the teams that you kind of project or think about that I would think about right now are the Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions. I I, I think that you you, you could think about those two teams, okay, could fall out of position because they've got their guys. And, and then, of course, that's what you're talking about, moving up. Somebody falls back. And then n- now you're, you're the best available player out there. You know Detroit's not going after a quarterback. We welcome in everyone on all our streaming platforms at Raiders.com on all social media. We are here. It's the pre-draft here inside the facility in Henderson. Welcome in on what will be an exciting night that will kick off here in about a half hour. JT the Brick along with the great Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy as we prep you for the 17th pick. Overall, and EA, as we jump back in, you spoke to Gus Bradley. You've been in the building a lot here over the last couple of weeks. It really seems like the Raiders are comfortable now with what they did in the offseason with the defensive line, all the players that came in, led by Yannick Ngakwe, where they can get a defensive player at 17 or at least add to a defense that was vastly improved in the offseason. Without a doubt, JT and Link, you talk about what they did in free agency, and they just really flooded that uh, defensive line room with production and leadership. And I think those two things are important because we have a young defense, and a young defense at times when you have Max Crosby leading your defense, and he's trying to get sacked, right? He came off a tremendous rookie season, and he's trying to go through that next year where you have film. If you're an offensive tackle, you have a book on Max Crosby. You understand what his his first power move is, and you're going to stop that. So he's trying to figure out how to be successful, and it's difficult 
really leaning on young guys to be leaders in the locker room when you're in week 12, you're in week 13, and you're trying to go about your business, but you understand if you're an older veteran player who is successful, how to lead these young guys. So I think not just the competition in the defensive room, but the leadership qualities in the, def- in the defensive room happen in free agency. That's critically important. And then I just think they didn't address the post-safety in free agency, and I think that's just a like, glaring weakness that we have, and I think that needs to be addressed uh, today in the draft. Lincoln, let's reset for our new audience that's streaming in with us on what you think the philosophy is now on the offensive line. Rodney Hudson gone, Gabe Jackson gone, Trent Brown gone. To me, it looks like they spent less money on the offensive line and sprinkled it on the defensive side, along with Tom Cable, who's a valuable asset as a former head coach, best offensive line coach in the league, and now with the 17th pick. You don't believe that they'll go right tackle at 17. You're still thinking defense is the priority. I, I still think safety and, and maybe even linebacker, if there's one a good one available, is to me is a, is a bigger need. Offensive tackle, because it's such a deep class, um, I think you can fall back to the second round of that 48 pick or maybe one of the thirds. You can get a good a good guy. And then in this system, it's a real safe for offensive tackles because Gruden has shown, and Cable did a great job with them last year, you know, protecting the tackles from being exposed. They have chips. They put a tight end over the side. What you need more than ever in this division is you need a good edge protector. You need it at aided, you need it at the right tackle, okay? And so th- there, there are a ton of guys. You mentioned the offensive line. Yes, they did overhaul with Gabe and Rodney going away, but Cable believes in Andre James. They went out and they signed Nick Martin from Houston. You see what I'm saying? So they, they kind of they were the plug and play. Denzel Good plays so well last mm-hmm. year in, in a replacement uh, uh, situation. You've got Incognito back. You're going to have to address the guard situation, but that's also why you drive to John Simpson out of Clemson. You see what I'm saying? So you've got guys that you can put in there right now. The system is incredibly simple for offensive line, and I think they could plug and play a tackle. Eric Allen, when you look at the depth on the defensive side now, there are a lot of bodies that were brought in in the offseason and free agency. All of them cannot make this roster. It just doesn't pencil out. (laughs) So what do you see happening after this weekend? The competition level with Gus Bradley along with some new coaches who are reevaluating these players on defense. Yeah, first of all, it's if – you're able to get that linebacker. If that linebacker drops, if, if Micah drops, there's going to be some issues in that linebacker room because those linebackers, you just re-signed Morrow. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski just came from Chicago mm-hmm. uh, on a big contract. Corey Littleton came from the Rams on a big contract. So you start talking about that linebacker room, there's going to be fierce competition if Micah drops or if they go with Jamara Usu, uh, Usu from Notre Dame. If they go with one of those two players, that 17 pick, those guys are going to be put in to start immediately. So that linebacker room, now you're talking about the defensive line room, ultra competitive, and you just have to figure out who is going to be able to help this team get over the hump after week eight or nine. And you can't have that trend. And defensively, I think that's really where – we're looking at. We're looking at week nine of the last two years. You need some defensive players who are able to get the ball back, turn, get turnovers, figure out how to give the ball back to the offense so you start winning those games and don't go into that dip. One of the big things we've been talking about is not reaching. A lot of fans talk about that. That's what the draft is all about. That's why this is prime time on ABC. It's one round. Okay, we got one round tonight. And Lincoln, this is a really important point with the Mayock draft along with Gruden as they team up together. 
No one wants to see them reach. Right. So fans are concerned about them trading back. So all of a sudden, they're on the clock. It's 15-16. They believe they have two or three players. Right. Two or three. It's a right tackle. Yeah. It's a safety. It's a linebacker right. that they can get. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend them trading back and getting a second-round pick, getting another two third-round picks, or just get the best player right there and don't take a chance? Get the best player right there don't take a chance. You, that 17 is kind of, in my opinion, in the first round, is kind of no man's land. Because you're you're in the middle of the heap, and it's most of the big impact players are going to be gone in the top ten. But because of that quarterback frenzy that we know is going on, still there's possibility that one of those top ten projected players can fall back. You drafted off a need and and and, uh, and opportunity, so get the best player available at that time in my opinion. Yeah, what I find amazing here is all the quarterback talk that has been <laughs> around John Gruden his entire career. Right, he's a quarterback whisperer. Derek Carr is he going to be back here? Derek Carr. Now we have the most chaos we've seen in a decade at the quarterback position. I don't believe that three out of these five quarterbacks are worthy to be taken in the top ten. There's no Lamar Jackson here. There's no Patrick Mahomes. But teams are so desperate yes. to get their quarterback. That's got to benefit the Raiders. It because has to. the Raiders are picking at 17. So if the quarterbacks go early, then Mayock's board shrinks. Yes. Instead of picking at 17, he's really picking at 7 or 8 when it comes to position players. You're exactly right. And that's what it comes down to. Those position players, which one of those position players, linebacker, safety, offensive lineman has graded out the highest in that group for this year who is right there for you, who you can pencil in and feel secure based off of experience, based off of that person's relationship, that you can plug them in and that person's going to be a key factor in why you get to the next level in your football team. That's really what it's about right now, JT, is those players, because of that, those quarterbacks going so high, those position players, who has graded out the best? Who has shown you that they're able to walk on the football field and be able to be a productive football player for your team in 2021? That's what it's all about right now. I look at Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. I mm-hmm. look at Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. Whoever is going to be there, mm-hmm. they have to have someone coming into this building as a rookie saying, that's my position. Forget yes. about all of you. I'm yeah. the best player at that position. I'm coming in here. And that's what's critical. You talk about 17 being no man's land. There's no more of that story. That 17th pick's got to come in here, unlike an Arnett, unlike other players, and say, well, I'm going to develop. It's going to take me a little bit. These players have been evaluated to come in here and help this team get to double-digit wins. There's going to be a lot of pressure well, that's, coming in on that 17th That's why pick. you rely so much so heavily on the bigger programs. And we've seen this, this coaching staff and the scouting department's pedigree. They've went to Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama over and over again, right? So that's why you rely on it. And that's why I say, you know, someone like a, a Carmen coming out of offensive tackle, coming out of a, a Clemson, where you rely on it. You, but, th- again, you got to be smart about it because as much people were talking about, say, Alabama tackle Leatherwood, he struggles versus edge rushers. Absolutely. You, and you can't take that risk. So you look at this division, you look at parentally who you're going up rushing against or who's out there who's going to be coming up against you. Yeah. You have to protect the edge. You have to get that tackle. And, of course, just like they did when they drafted Colton Miller, they found a way to address the position. They got their left tackle of the future. Then they need to get their right tackle of the future as yeah. well. Well, Eric yeah. Allen, I have the depth chart in front of me for the Raiders after everybody they added on the defensive line. They have eight picks. Yeah. Okay, and they have all these guys who were signed in the offseason, and we're going to have a 53-man roster plus a practice squad. 
There's just not enough room. So no, when you have not. eight picks, do you value eight picks tonight or over the weekend or say, forget about the eight picks. Let's boil it down to five and trade up. Let's keep trading up if we have to. There's no more Khalil Mack talk. There's no more Amari Cooper talk. The organization is poised to move up and be, would you say, more aggressive heading into this draft well, in 2021? Well, I don't think they will. I really don't. Okay. I don't think they'll do that right now. I think when this situation, because you're talking about if you're going to move up, you're talking about there's a position player that you want that you believe is, will not be there. And you need him to step in and fulfill this gap that, you know, it's, it's only one. And it's not for, for the Raiders because that position would be linebacker. And you're just not going to spend the capital with the linebackers you already have in-house right now. And we're forgetting about Tanner. Tanner didn't play a snap yeah, last yeah. year, and he expected, again, to be a, a competition in a situation where you're a versatile player, you come from a big program. And so I'm not sure that they're going to spend the capital to go up and get that. And, again, I think, for instance, if you're a player that has had a sit-down interview with this Raiders football team and you're that, thinking about that 17th pick, you're pretty sure, like I was, that you're going to be a starter. I mean, they're coming to you saying, hey, we have the 17th pick. We're looking at you, and we think you can be a starter for this football team. And as a player, you're sitting at, you know, ready for that phone call, and you're right. You're thinking, if I get this phone call for the Raiders, mark it. I'm starting. You've had more access to the new defensive coaching staff than anyone in this building. How excited are you? Tell the fans how improved this is in your mind and how much more this defensive coaching staff can get out of this roster. Yeah, first of all, I think you have to have someone who's experienced with the COVID thing. And Gus has been experienced with it. He's went through it like everyone else has. But you have a new coordinator. You would hate to have that coordinator having had the experience of how to teach and how to coach in this COVID area. He's been able to do that. He's had success because he has a system that has played out and worked for him. He started out, you know, with the cover four, didn't really work for him. So he's basically a cover three, cover one type of player. He's always going to have a post player, someone who's going to be able to feel comfortable roaming the, uh, being the umbrella over top. He's going to have critical that he has pressure on the quarterback with those front four guys allowing those linebackers to run sideline to sideline. I want the the, the listeners to get a, a picture of the Chargers defense and how those linebackers and that middle safety were going sideline to sideline, making plays, having pressure on the quarterback, having those corners play not up on the line of scrimmage, but off seven to, to six yards off the line of scrimmage in a good backpedal, really focusing and leveraging those receivers, squeezing everything into the middle of the football field so their safety can have tremendous plays on the ball, those tips and those overthrows. That's the kind of pitcher we want for those Raiders defense next year. Great pressure up front, those corners squeezing those routes from outside to inside, those linebackers being very, very athletic, running from sideline to sideline, tipping balls up, and that free safety they're getting those tips and overthrows. The six-time Pro Bowler, the three-time Pro Bowler, 
I got the all-star team, and next year we have the draft in Vegas. Yeah. I'm predicting a million people on the Strip. They had 600,000 in Nashville. Right. It looked good. It's raining in Cleveland. Look at the difference between Cleveland and Las Vegas. Right now. Right. Yeah, so right. we got a year to get this ready. Yeah. When we come back, we make our picks. We'll tell you who we believe the Raiders will take at number 17 as we continue. This is our pre-draft show. Everybody who's joining us at Raiders.com on all our social media platforms. It's a celebration of the Raider Nation. JT, along with Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy, live from the facility right here in Henderson. The Raiders pre-draft as we get you ready for the top of the hour. Raiders.com and the Las Vegas Sports Network on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Raiders pre-draft special continues with JT the Brick and Lincoln Kennedy live from Raiders headquarters. There are many first evers that are part of this draft, including the first ever official draft selection by the Las Vegas Raiders. And I've got it right here. So with the 12th pick of the 2020 NFL draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Ooh. Alabama. Congratulations, Raiders. Congratulations, Henry. Welcome back. We are back live, brought to you by Modelo, a taste that's pure gold. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. JT, along with Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy. And guys, it's now time to make our selections. I get paid to be wrong more than you. I'll get more of the heat for this. But I was right about Yannick Ngakwe over a year. I said he would be in this building. And now I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. The Raiders trade up. Mm. The Raiders trade up mm. to either the Eagles, I believe, at 12. They move up. Maybe Minnesota at 14. Detroit, whatever it is, the Raiders get their star linebacker. Lincoln Kennedy, who do you have? With the 17th pick, okay. the Las Vegas Raiders choose, and I've got the card in my hand. <laughs> Linebacker, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa. Wow. Out of Notre Dame. Great pick. Wow. And he you should guys, be there. You guys are going defense like that. Now, the hardest working man of all of, of show business, True story. JT, goes up and picks a guy. Oh, I'm going up. Yeah, I'm not yeah, waiting this time. I'm going up going to get, get the guy. See, the, thing, the, the problem with that is... Xavier Collins out of TCU is also a fantastic linebacker, middle of the football field. He's a bigger guy, leadership, used to play quarterback. So, you know, he, he has all the acumen of being able to make the changeover. But listen, they have a linebacker room full of guys who are excited to play football. They've addressed the needs at rushing defensive end. And, and, and so you have to go with a safety, a post-safety, so you have to go with the guy out of TCU, the playmaker himself, Trayvon Moore, out of TCU, maybe the, the most complete safety in this draft. So that's where I'm going. I agree with you, just the, the counterpoint on the linebacker room. However, I think the remnants of watching Devin White wreck havoc on this team last year resonates in this coaching staff of having that impact linebacker. Now, they tried to address it last year with free yeah. agency, yeah, but it just never came to fruition. It wasn't, it, it wasn't as big of an impact. Now, I agree. They, they, they have high expectations out of Tanner Muse. They have high expectations out of Nicholas Morrow. But we don't have time to sit back and wait. 
You have to win, and you have to win now. And if defense is going to send a message with a guy like putting Abram in his right spot and send a tone, got to have that linebacker that's going to do the same thing. I'll tell you guys, the one thing that can benefit this, couple of things that can benefit the Raiders, the biggest move would be all these quarterbacks go early. I'm talking yeah. about five, not Agreed. four. Five go quickly. Everybody goes on a run and gets their quarterback. And then everybody worries about the run on the tackles. We know Penny Sewell's going to go either five, prob- most likely to Cincinnati. But what happens if Rashawn Slater drops? What happens if we get to a point where the best tackle is still available and the Raiders can get him? And it's not Jenkins, who a lot of people believe is a plug-and-play starter there. And I don't know, Lincoln, because we can talk about five quarterbacks being gone and three of the right tackles before the Raiders select at 17. Yeah, you got Slater out of Northwestern, who's incredibly smart. Um, again, the, the, the big deal on the evaluation, in my opinion, especially with right tackle, is edge protection. How much were they exposed in college, and how can they translate on the level? Now, I know that Cable and, and Gruden can protect them with this scheme, but you need, you need a road grader. Because short yardage was a, was an, uh, a problem, you got to have somebody who's going to punch in fourteen blasts. But you really believe that this is important that Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, and Christian Darrisaw, all three of them could be gone before seventeen and five quarterbacks. Yeah. Think of that. Then yeah. the Raiders are sitting there and all the tackles that they could want, and then that brings us again to Tevin Jenkins. Out of oh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State, who yeah. I believe would fit in and would start yeah. instantly, and that would be a pretty good play. I, I could think, you I get think. him in the second round, though? You could. And That's why that. I said it's not, yeah. it's not 17. See, the thing is, and, and somebody's going to mess up. Always. Somebody's going to mess up. Watch. Something's like I can I honestly envision with all this quarterback controversy or whatever you, know, you want, the, the, the drama, the dilemmas, if you will, watch Penny Sewell drop to number 12 and go to the, and go, and go to the Giants. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? What something like that. You're going to have a top 5 player that's going to fall out of 10, which benefits the Raiders at 17. Oh, yeah, and your expertise, what happens Patrick Sertain and Horn are Ooh. both there because the Cowboys are at 10. What happens if those guys are around right. and it gets to 12, 13? Again, because we feel like the Raiders have a lot of draft equity locked, locked into the corner into, position. But if they feel like that, that corner, even fairly, out of uh, Virginia Tech, I believe, even if he's there, I mean, he's great. Yeah, Caleb Farley, he could drop all the way. COVID, he's been dropping, he, and he been, might drop back dropped, down. Right, he can drop back down. He's a 6'2", 200-pound. He's that, what everybody nowadays dreams of, you know, that big, long cornerback. So there's going to be – but, again, I think we have too much equity in that position, and it's still early. We have two guys we just drafted, and they need to perform well. So this is not an issue. Uh, so, again, I think when you start talking about – who you have in your room already and what you're projecting uh, for this football team with your new defensive coordinator, Ron Milas, who we talked about, has had a great track record of getting defensive backs into the Pro Bowl and getting lots of numbers. And those are kind of things you're thinking about. It's all about right now, JT, getting the football. You can be a great, hard-hitting guy. It's about getting the football. And so the players you choose at that 17 – has to be someone who's going to be around the football. Can Fun. I just throw a little Go extra ahead. caveat in there? Yeah. You know, we've so thrown about a, around a bunch of names, uh-huh. you know, and we're talking about players dropping. You know, we also talked about the, the attention that they played the defensive line. There's a young man coming out of Michigan named Quiddy Pay. Love him. Another edge rusher, 
but everybody's complaining. Do we have an edge rusher already with Yannick Ngakwe, Mad Max? And what about on the edge from the linebacker position? You just said that we have to generate pressure, right? Yeah. And it helps every yeah. aspect of, of defense. Every yeah. room is is excited to see somebody getting after the quarterback. And and look, I know you added Ngakwe. I know how Max Crosby has played, but Max Crosby, was, was there was a lot of attention given to Max last year on offenses uh, playing against him. So it negated a lot of number sacks. Got to generate pressure. There's no Nick Bosa in this draft, but you got to have somebody who can get it on. Get on, guys. Can they move this next year to the Bellagio Lake or in front of Caesars? <laughs> I'd like. That. We're gonna have a million people yeah. in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is going to do the draft better than the NFL could ever dream of, and that's a year from now. You got TV requirements tonight. We'll be on the radio afterwards at nine o'clock Pacific time. Great to be on Raiders.com for everybody listening throughout the Raider Nation. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in studio, the entire team here in this beautiful broadcast center. The draft here at the top of the hour, the Raiders at 17. We'll be back on tonight at 9 o'clock Pacific time on the Raider platforms again. Enjoy the draft, Raider Nation. Have a great time a year from now right here in Vegas. Hopefully the Raiders have a great night. Enjoy it all right here on Raider Nation Radio and Raiders.com.